You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Good to see everybody. Uh, good to be seen. And uh, we're going to be talking about seeing today. Uh, I've kind of picked some of these songs for that reason. Hold on, I lost my mic. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah, we're going to be talking about seeing today, hearing today. Uh, there's a difference between seeing and like really seeing, right? You can sometimes see something and miss, but not really see it, right? You can kind of miss it. Or, of course, you can listen or you can hear, but not listen, right? Every spouse knows that. Uh, or every roommate or every brother says, you know, somebody can hear the words that you said, but they didn't listen to what you said, right? Uh, I was talking with, with Dessa about... Uh, what story could I share about that? You know, there's a lot of those. There's a lot of stories of our kids, you know, where we tell them something and then they maybe chose a little bit different path and then it's like you want to say, I told you so. And not nowadays, more when they were little and stuff. But we're not going to share any of those stories out of, out of uh, we, we want to protect their, but, but I don't want to protect my brother-in-law's innocence. I'm going to tell you about my brother-in-law. I got, I got permission from my sister-in-law I assume she ran it by him and it was fine. But uh, Keith, you know, uh, Keith, if you're watching this, this is out of total respect for you as a man that I share this story. Total, total respect for you as a man. I would have done the same thing exactly. So uh, Dessa's twin sister, Paula, and her husband, Keith, they have a, 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 a log home in the mountains in Evergreen, Colorado. Beautiful home. When you say log home, you picture like where Abraham Lincoln grew up or something. This is not that log home. This is a like new log home, and it's several. You know, it's, it's a couple stories. So the top of it is kind of high. It's like probably, Dust, you'd say higher than that, right? Probably three stories. So it's higher than that peak right there. So he had to treat the outside of this log home, and he's doing a lot of the work himself when it was being built. And so the la- he had to get to the peak, and it was up there. It's too high for his ladder. So he came up with a way to reach that that part. Uh, so what he had to do, because his ladder wasn't quite tall enough, so he had to get his Suzuki Samurai truck and roll it back there and then have a table that stretched across from the back of the Samurai bed of the truck over to something else you know, to kind of create a, a, a base on a hill. Yeah, so it's a hill on this side, Suzuki Samurai on this side with a table. And then, and then get the ladder up onto that table so that he could get up there and reach that point. And what's that? There was a step stool. Okay, table, then step stool, then ladder. Okay, gotcha. And I'm sure he made, I'm sure he tried to make sure it was all secure. But uh, all along the way, his wife was, was not having it. She was like, what are you doing? Th- stop, you know, this is. So he was hearing the words that she was saying. But he kind of continued to proceed with what he was doing. So, um, you know, he. In, in, in Jesus' terms we'll look at today, he was not really hearing. He was not really listening. When Jesus says, as we'll see later, he who has ears, let him hear, he means like hear, like do what I'm saying. Like, you know, he was not doing what she said. So the, the, the kind of, it came to a pinnacle moment where she, she gets her camera and she goes, I, he's, she's down there taking a picture of him and he's like, he's sh- you know, what are you doing? And she goes, I'm taking a picture so I can show your doctor what you were doing. <laughs> and now here's the bad part he actually did fall and he, and he and he broke some bones he had to have 
Now, I, I wouldn't share the story if he was like now a paraplegic or something. He actually runs marathons and he's like in better health than almost anybody I know. Uh, so he, he survived and lived to tell the tale. But I'm sure he learned a lesson about listening to his wife and uh, that we all can learn. But again, as a man, totally respect Keith. I would have done the same thing probably. And I probably wouldn't have listened. I need to listen. I'm just, you know, especially when we're on a project, guys, right? When you're on a project and you know how to get it done, it's like, no, you're, you're getting in my way. I'm going to get this thing done, you know? So we're talking, uh, again, we're talking today about listening. We're, we're in the middle of a series called God With Us. And um, this is from the book of Matthew. And we're kind of um, using, uh, using uh, uh, the, the Bama podcast a little bit of content, but a lot uh, from this, uh, go to the next slide here. Uh, this is the book of Matthew poster from the Bible Project. So we're kind of using this to frame all of these lessons uh, that we're talking about. And God with us using the idea uh, that, that Matthew, um, uh, he, he uses that term for Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, right there in the beginning. And the idea is that God is coming to earth in, in the form of Jesus and that God is bringing his kingdom to you and I, to ordinary people like you and me. God is bringing his kingdom to us. And it's a kingdom that's for everybody, even the outsiders, even people who don't feel like they fit in with God and God's people. That's who the kingdom is being brought to throughout the book of, of Matthew. And Matthew himself was an outsider. He was a tax collector. And so we've talked a little bit about what that meant and how people in his own culture would have felt about him. They would have really seen him as, a, as an outsider or as a mumser or a mamser, as we heard about, uh, Rhett talked about last week. So uh, the, the, the first parts of the, chat, uh, of the book are really connecting Jesus to the Old Testament. So you see over here are these numbers, one, two, three, four, five. Uh, the Bible Project has... Uh, and, and other scholars, you know, have, have noticed that there's a, a, a form to the book of Matthew where it'll have things that happen, and then in this little box here, a long discourse by Jesus, or, or he talks for a while. <laughs> and, and so the first one is these things that happen, uh, Jesus' baptism, his temptation, uh, and then, and then he, there's the Sermon on the Mount. And then here, which is uh, what Rhett talked about last week, Jesus is bringing God's kingdom into people's lives. And so there's all these stories of different people Jesus interacts with. And then there's a section of, of Jesus' teaching, which is the sending of the 12. And, and some of those practicals that Rhett talked about last week, hospitality, um, you know, God being with you, not being afraid, uh, you know, some of those real practicals about when we are sent. So just as Jesus has been sent into people's lives, we are sent into people's lives. And so, so that's that's the second book. And now we're getting to the third book, which is responses to Jesus. And so there's all these different responses to Jesus and then, uh, you know, different ways that people respond. And we're going to be talking, and then there's parables that Jesus talks about that. Go back one slide real quick. I just want to show you one more thing. So, so these are the other, other kind of sections here, and they correspond to the five books of Moses, the, the Pentateuch. So, so Matthew is doing everything to show that Jesus didn't come to abolish the law or the Torah, he came to fulfill it. He came as, this is, he's the perfect embodiment of the scripture. So it's not like, oh, there was an old, old testament that's outdated, an you know, old way of relating to God, now there's a, something totally new. That's true in a sense, it's totally new, but it's, it's overlaid over the top of the foundation of the apostles and prophets, as Paul later says. Does that make sense? So G, everything that you read in the Old Testament, it's not like, oh, you have Christians that say, oh, I don't really read the Old Testament, I'm, I'm a New Testament Christian. Well, yeah, but, but, but the New Testament is built on the Old. It's full of, you can't really understand the New Testament unless you read the Old Testament. Because it's full, of, and even when Jesus is talking, there's almost everything he says is some allusion to some Old Testament story or some Old Testament text. 
Um, so, so anyway, so we're, we're zooming in again on, on uh, 11 through 13 today. So go ahead and be turning over there in your Bible. I'm going to do a lot of reading. Dessa, can you get my uh, water bottle out of the back seat of my car? <laughs> yeah, of the Prius. I forgot to bring it up here. Sorry, a few things going on. Thank you. Just forget that part happened. That's like behind the scenes. All right, so Matthew 11. Matthew 11, different responses to Jesus. So on the slide here, you see, you know, some are positive. Jesus is the Messiah. Some are negative. He's not the Messiah. We don't believe in him, the Pharisees and the religious people. And John, we're going to see, is a little bit in the middle. At the beginning, he's, this is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. That says that in the, the Gospel of John. And, uh, but, but, but here after Jesus' ministry gets started and John is, ends up in prison, you see this story uh, right here in the beginning of chapter 11. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? So what is that? What's in that? There's a lot in that question, isn't there? You know, John is in prison. You know, he, he's not really seeing what's going on, but, but maybe he's hearing reports of it. And it's not, you know, scholars debate this and everything, but it seems like Jesus is not coming in the form of Messiah that maybe John necessarily had in mind. And John comes in the spirit of Elijah. He's like Elijah. He's this kind of fire and brimstone prophet, like, like Elijah, bringing the fire, right? And... Um, Thank you so much. Forgive me while I take a quick drink of water. <laughs> I've been here a long time already. <laughs> oh. Next time I got to do that <clears throat> before church starts. <clears throat> okay. That's much better. Um, so, so John, and, and then they, they think that maybe he had, uh, he was related to the Essenes. I won't get into that. That's kind of interesting thing, but uh, in, the Essenes was this popular. They were they were just as big a community and important a community back then, as like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and some of these other people groups that we hear about. But they were so isolated; they're not even in the Bible because they they completely isolated themselves from the temple system, from everything, and they're out in the desert. And so we have the Dead Sea Scrolls that have come to us from them, and that's how we know a lot about the Essenes. But John was out there in the desert, and his father was a priest, but not the normal kind of priesthood. Anyway, I won't get into all the reasons why, but it seems like he might have been aligned with that thinking. And that thinking, the scene thinking was God is going to blow all this up. You know, God is going to wipe out the Romans. God is going to bring his Messiah with, you know, marching, with fire, with judgment. And you see that in John where he's like, who told you guys to come? The religious people, who told you guys to come here to flee the coming wrath? The axe is at the foot of the tree. You know, it's about to chop down the tree and you're all going to be destroyed. You know, that's kind of where John was coming from. Uh, You know, kind of fire and brimstone. He said that God's winnowing fork is in his hand, meaning that's a a callback to all these prophecies in the Old Testament that talk about how God judging his people and, you know, kind of starting over with a new people. So that's where maybe John is coming from. And here Jesus comes and he's not abolishing the temple system. He's not... You know, he's not, uh, he doesn't form an army. He's not trying to overthrow the Romans. He's not even establishing a government of any kind, right? He's doing, it's not exactly maybe what he expected. And so here's Jesus' reply in verse 4. Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy 
are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. And, and these are all really, these are deep things that he's saying. These are all references, call, calls back to prophecies about God's kingdom and the kinds of things that would happen in God's kingdom. That, that, that the blind would re- receive sight, the lame would walk, those who, have, have, who are unclean would be cleansed. And so Jesus is saying, no, I am fulfilling all of those prophecies. It's just in a different way than maybe you expected. And, and, and all of the prophecies about kingdom will be fulfilled, but maybe in a different way. So, so, so blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Here's the thing. If you've been around a while, uh, you will learn this. If you're new, I'm going to tell you something. God always works, but God doesn't always work in the way you want him to work. Or God always works, but God doesn't always work in the way you even expect him to work. You know, I mean, God just works in different ways sometimes. And, and it's, not, it's not just like, a, oh, that's, God works in mysterious ways, you know, like... I mean, it's true, though, you know, and you just can't always understand, but, but he's always at work, but it's sometimes in a, in a different way. And so J- J- Jesus goes into to John's, talking about John, and we don't have time to read all of this, but, it, but it's a, a, a great text, uh, and he, he ends with um, verse 14, and if you are willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who was to come. Whoever has ears, let them hear. So, so Jesus is saying, you know, you, you, can, you can have ears, but you can miss it. You can, it's possible to completely miss what God is doing. And, and so you've got to have open eyes. You've got to have open ears. You've got to, you, you know, can, is it possible to have the kingdom of God come and you miss it? From Jesus' teaching, it seems like it is possible. Jesus' answer seems to be yes. Because like in Luke, he'll say things like, when you're, he says to his people, when you're healing the sick, tell people, the kingdom of God has come to you. And, and when they're accusing him of, oh, you're doing things by, by the power of demons, he says, no, this is, he says, if I ca-, this is Luke eleven twenty. 20, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, know that the kingdom of God has come to you. In uh, Luke 17, you know, people say, what's the, ki-? explain this, we, he's, you're talking a lot about the kingdom, what is this kingdom and Jesus says, it's not going to be like here it is or there it is, but the kingdom of God is within you or among you. So the, it's a spiritual kingdom. It's a different dimensional kingdom, right? It's a different than maybe what we expect. And it's possible to miss. It's possible to miss what God is doing. Um, you know, have you ever had that dream where you, or maybe it's happened to you in real life where you are in class and you completely miss something like there's a test today and you didn't know it. I mean, I still have that dream, you know. Like, wait, there's a, the test is today? The term paper is due today? It's like, how do I get out of here now, you know? Uh, we, I don't want to miss it. I like, especially when it's the kingdom of God, I don't want to miss it. How about you? I don't want to miss what God is doing. But it's possible to see it and miss it. Um, who saw something out of place on the... Did anybody see anything really out of place on that Bible Project poster I put up earlier? Okay, raise your hand if you saw it. Okay, so a few people saw it. Okay, so this is like the kingdom of God. Just a few people saw. Go go ahead and put that back up there. Anybody see Barney Barney the dinosaur? It's... I don't know why you... 
I don't know why you missed it. It's right by where it says things to look for. <laughs> it's not purple. See, it's not what you expect always. Uh, you know, Jesus doesn't. So, so yeah, so it's possible. So let's talk a little bit about this idea of kingdom. Uh, because kingdom is important in the book of, of, uh, of Matthew. And again, we don't want to be people that miss it. When the kingdom comes, or as the kingdom is coming, we, we, I want to be on board. Like, that's the most important thing to me. I want to be where God is. Especially when Jesus comes back. You know, like, I want to be with his people. Whatever that means, I want to be in the kingdom of God. I don't want to be in the kingdom of empire and these other worldly stuff. I want to be with God wherever he is. And I, and I think you're here because you, you want to you do the same. So the kingdom is, is, is different than, than maybe even sometimes we've taught about it in our church or uh, sometimes we've heard about it. Like, is the church the kingdom of God? The church is certainly part of the kingdom of God. The church isn't the only kingdom of God. Like, I remember kind of thinking that the church equals the kingdom and that's kind of just the kingdom but then I would read, read about where Jesus says to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, it's like, okay, well, the kingdom came with the church. Why do I pray for the kingdom to come still? Like, I don't understand that. Like, you know what I mean? So, but, but now I feel like I've gained, and, and this is a way bigger topic than, than I can cover in, in a few minutes here. But, but, but I've, I've come to understand that the kingdom, the kingdom is, is God's rule. It's God's reign. The kingdom begins with God creating planet earth and, and you know, Whatever obeys God, that's God's kingdom, that's God's rule, that's God's reign. And then God chooses these special people and then God makes them a holy nation, a royal priesthood. They're his special kingdom, right? They're his special people on earth. But, but God's rule is still beyond that, all of the heavenly you know, angels and, and beings and everything else. And then God tells his prophets, you know, I'm going to bring a, an eternal kingdom, a, a, a spiritual kingdom, a different, you know, especially when they're in the time of the Babylonians and the Persians and the, the Roman oppression. God's saying, I'm going to bring this empire that is going to be my empire that will never be destroyed. And that corresponds with Jesus and his ministry in the church. And it's really cool how it all aligns, you know, with the book of Daniel. And at the time of, of the Roman Empire, then God brings his Messiah and brings his kingdom. But the kingdom is also, it, it's, it's like it's, it's here, but it's also not here. It's already here in, in the form of God's rule and reign on earth, but it's also there's more to come. Like, we're not living it. God's rule and reign is not filling our earth, the earth yet, right? We all can agree with that. And that's, that's throughout the New Testament. It's like he, must, he, he is with God now. Jesus is with God, and he's reigning but everything must be brought under his feet, right? Remember that from, a, a, uh, talks a lot about that in Hebrews, that uh, until everything is brought under subjection to God, and, and the, until everyone says, every, every knee bows and every tongue confesses Jesus is Lord, God's kingdom hasn't come yet, right? To, to every person or every place. And as we bring God's ethic, as we bring the Sermon on the Mount, to wherever we are, we're bringing kingdom. As we heal the sick, as we help people, as we live like Jesus, we're bringing kingdom into people's lives. So like, like here in our, in our ministry, God's kingdom is at work. I mean, people have gotten baptized even during COVID that only studied the Bible over Zoom, you know, and then they got baptized and, and, and families have been brought together. My, my son Marshall got baptized not that long ago. That's the kingdom at work, right? Kingdom already here. Uh, the butler is being hired here now and, 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 uh, and Janae and Megan serving in the ministry. Like, God's kingdom is things that God's doing stuff, right? Um, God's working. But, there, but then the kingdom is also not yet in that we still have sin and we still have death. We still, we, we're losing 
family members, like there's, we're still in a fallen world, right? So there's this already not yet tension that we're in. So here's, here's kind of an illustration that helps me to understand the kingdom. Um, when I was in college uh, a while back, um, uh, I, I, uh, I was at CU Boulder and CU Denver, and then we moved here, and then I was at Dominguez Hills, Cal State Dominguez Hills. I was about to start there. So I was meeting with a, uh, a kind of advisor there, a guy, because I wanted to do their, they had a really cool music program that was all about recording and, and engineering and stuff. I wanted to do it. So this, this, this uh, I go into this professor's office named Dr. Bradfield, and he says, oh, come here. You know, we're meeting each other. He says, come here, I want to show you something. He's on his computer, and he goes, watch this. And he types a message to a colleague at another university. He says, a student just walked in. His name's uh, Brian Craig. He's going to be a student, blah, blah, blah. And watch, and he hits send. And then the guy, and then he waits a second, and then he gets a message back that says, hey, Brian, nice to meet you. And he's like, isn't that amazing? That's called email. And I'm like, can't you just pick up the phone and call him? You know, like, I just didn't, yeah, I mean, I guess it's cool, you know, because, and what he was showing me, trying to explain to me was the, the internet, the, the beginning of the internet. It didn't exist yet, but, but these different universities were connected to each other and kind of forming this backbone where you could have stuff posted and you could have uh, messages sent on this network. And he was trying to explain to me how cool this was, and I was just like, I don't know, I just pick up the phone, right? I, I don't uh, but then, you know, not too much later, you know, you start to hear about the World Wide Web, the information superhighway, and you get the AOL, you could join AOL and get these little disks, and, you know, I remember we bought a modem, which is this thing that you connect that makes weird noises to your phone line, you know, and then, and then pretty soon, you're on AOL, you've got mail, and, you know, it's like, wow, people can send me email, and, Anyway, and, and, you know, and then it went way beyond that. I remember when Wi-Fi came out, and I'm always a late adopter. Like, I was late to Wi-Fi. I was like, what is this thing people are talking about? It's in the air. I don't know. What is Wi-Fi? You know, but then everybody's asking. But, but, but then these little kids are being born, and the, the first words are like, what's the Wi-Fi password? You know, like, <laughs> that's... And, and uh, you know, smartphones come out. And, and so now we're at the point, now we're the, at the point where, like, the internet has changed everything that you do. The way you eat, the way you shop, the way that you drive, the way that you communicate with people. I mean, there is not one aspect of your, you could say, well, I don't believe in the internet, I'm just, I mean, you can't, right? It's, it's just, it's like every, it's everywhere. It's changed every aspect of your life. And so that's what the kingdom of God is like. At the beginning, it might be like Dave Bradfield showing me this email, and I'm like, what? I don't know. But it, but it transforms the way that we... And so the kingdom of God should change every aspect of your life. The way that you eat, the way that you shop, the way that you drive. <laughs> the way that you communicate. Just as the internet has changed every aspect, the kingdom of God changes everything about us. The kingdom, so that's why when Jesus comes, he says the kingdom is at hand. He's not saying, like, the kingdom didn't exist before. It's that the kingdom is right here. It's, like, within your grasp. It's near you, right? Some translations say it's near. The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of heaven is near. And, again, I want to be a part of that kingdom, don't you? But the thing is, is people respond to it differently. And so that's where Jesus tells these stories about these different responses to the kingdom. Not everybody responds. Not everybody's on board. And uh, why? Because the kingdom, what does it cost? What does the kingdom cost? Everything. 
It costs everything you have. It costs everything. It costs Jesus. It's, but what does the kingdom give you? Everything. Everything and more, right? It gives you, so it's, it's worth everything. It's eternal living, not just in heaven somewhere and, you know, your soul floating on a cloud. Like, it, it's eternal living now. It's, it's like your life counts now. Your relationships count now. Your job means something more than just, you know, make a paycheck. You know, it's, it, yeah, it's your whole life. It's, it's eternal living now and forever with the kingdom, forever with God's people in the new heavens and the new earth and the new body and all, all that God will do with this kingdom. But, but, but yeah, so, so every interaction we have has the possibility of being a kingdom interaction. And so that's why when you read these stories in the Bible, a lot of times people don't really know what's really happening in the moment. But isn't that the way it is for us? You know, those of you who... Uh, if you didn't grow up in the church, if you grew up in the church, it's a little different because you hear these stories. But if you didn't grow up in the church, it's like you didn't know what God was doing at the moment he was doing it probably. But, you, but, you, but God's kingdom was at work in that you were probably going through something hard or you, know, you, you, you had a, a bad breakup or you, you know, went through something with your parents or you went through a huge crisis. or somewhere where you, and, and so many people, you, you ask people stories. I can't believe how many people say, I prayed, God, show me your people. Yeah. I prayed, God, if you are real show me. And then the next day somebody knocked on my door. Or the next day someone at work asked me to a Bible talk. Or the next day, like that's almost everybody has that story. Like that's God, that's God at work. That, that's what God does. That's how God kingdom, God's kingdom comes to people. And so every interaction has the possibility of, of being a kingdom interaction. You know, I mean, it's cool. Just, just here recently, just like, just recently, like Isaiah has, has a roommate, Brooke, and then Brooke got baptized. Where is Brooke? Who's always oh, on the camera. There he is. He's serving now. So he gets baptized, and he gets baptized at Cabrillo Beach. And so uh, Richard Kim sets that up. And so, you know, he's trying to make it a singles event and a baptism. Perfect, you know, awesome. And then, and then they, you know, and then they meet Andrew, who's there. And I don't know if Andrew's here today, but he, he was here last week. He's a, a, a teenager that's studying the Bible who's totally fired up for Jesus, just happened to be there when Brooke got baptized. And so now Andrew's connected and getting involved with our teens, and he's studying the Bible, and he's, like, on fire. You know, that's how God works, right? It's like these these all these interactions and so our eyes and ears have to be open to god what are you doing right now in this space uh what do you you know like when you pray your kingdom come your will be done then you need to look for that as your day goes on like like how can god's kingdom come today through me in some way and i want to give you that practical challenge as you as you pray this week pray the lord's prayer we it's in this it's in the uh parable uh, the, the uh sorry the sermon on the mount we kind of covered over quickly in, in matthew 6 if you want to look, look it up. But I just want to give you a practical challenge. Try that. I pray that every day, and it's changed my life. But pray that prayer. Not, that's not the only thing you pray, but you use it. I use it as like a framework for the rest of my prayer. Or I pray it at the beginning of my prayer, and then I can do other stuff. But, but I just want to give you a challenge to try praying that every day this week. But, but, but like think about what you're saying when you say those things. Our, our Father who is in heaven, where God, you know, His rule, uh, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like, like, and then you go, give us this day our daily bread. What do I have on my plate today? And it always makes me grateful every time I pray that because like, I'm not even worried about my daily bread, really. I mean, I've got food in the fridge. I've got money in the bank account. You know, so so it, it's a prayer for even when all you have is, I don't even know how I'm going to eat today, right? It's, but, but it makes you think about being in God's, in, a part of what God is doing in his kingdom. So I want to look, we don't have much time, but I just want to look quickly at, at the one of these stories Jesus told about the kingdom. So skip to the end of this section here. Again, um, 
Jesus has these different interactions with people that either reject him or they are on board with the kingdom or they're a little not sure like John the Baptist. And then, uh, you know, he tells these different stories that describe these different responses. And I want to look at the, the parable of the sower, which I think we all know, but in Matthew 13. Go ahead and look over there. It says, uh, verse 3, He told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. The birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. There he says that again. And they talk about it, and they're trying to explain it, and, you know, why are you speaking in parables? And he says, there, there's this prophecy even about this, where some people, they see it, but they don't hear it. They, they, they listen, but they don't understand. This is from, from Isaiah. And he, and he says in verse 16, blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. You know, you're really lucky that you are, are, are understanding this, these wise and learned, these sages, these people who, are, who know the text inside and out, they have it memorized, they're missing it right now, but you're getting it right now. But, but, but what, is God, what is Jesus saying? I don't think he's saying you should be all prideful about that. He's just saying you should be grateful, like, like kind of in a humbled way. Like, wow, this is, thank you, God, you know, that I, that I hear this, that I'm here right now, that I, I'm understanding. Truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and hear what you hear. But did not hear it. And then he explains what the parable is. And the parable is the word of God that's going to these different, and, and it's, it's getting these different responses. The first is, is the, the path. And, and the path, it doesn't even penetrate the ground. It's just a, a hard surface, and it, it, the seed just bounces right off it. And then the birds come, and oh, I get to have a little bit of seed today, and it's gone. Nothing happens. So that's, that's a lot of people, this, the word bounces right off. They, they're not open to the kingdom. They're not thinking about it. It's just nothing at all. And then the next category is people who, they get the word. It, it gets in, but the, the, it's very shallow. They don't have depth. They don't have spiritual depth. They're not really invested. And so they, they spring up quickly. Oh, this is awesome. But then when trouble or hardship comes, Jesus says, then they, they quickly fade because there's not. And, and we've seen that, you know, like topsoil or soil that doesn't have much depth and something grows, but it won't, it won't keep going because it's, it's rocky. Then he says there's the, the thorny soil. And I, I want to kind of focus on this because I think this is, if you've been around a while, this is what your temptation is going to be. Because if you're here still, you're probably not the rocky soil unless you just got here. So if you just got here and you're a new Christian, or you just then maybe pay attention to that. But if you've been around a while, you probably ought to pay attention to the thorny soil or the, the, the weedy soil. So here's what happens with that one. Uh, he says in verse uh, 22, The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. So I think that's where we've got to watch out. Like that's where, that's where, the word, that's where we can become where we don't see anymore, we don't hear anymore, is because we get choked and the word is choked and we're not... You know, we're not living in it. We're not dwelling in the word. We're not thinking about the kingdom of God anymore because what? What is it that's choking us? The worries of this life, 
the deceitfulness of wealth, one of the other uh, uh, gospels is the desire for other things. It's this world, it's this world stuff, right, that, that gets to us. It's, it's the bills, it's the, the broken down car, it's the, you know, the toilet is leaking again, it's the, you know, uh, you know relationship issues, it's, it's, it's the job issues, it's the, the financial issues, it's the marital, you know, that, that stuff can get so consuming, right? So is there anything that has got you right now? Is there anything that, that is, is, is choking you? What's stealing your spiritual energy right now? Or do you feel like, no, I, the word is like in me and it's bearing fruit. And, I'm, and, and that's an awesome place to be. That's where we all want to be. But we're going to kind of probably go between, and that's the good soil. You know, it produces a fruit 130 times, uh, 160 or 30 times what was sown. Uh, but, but, but is there anything choking you? Is there anything... Uh, stealing the word, crowding out space, you know, demanding time, attention, resources. It's not worth it, right? Because it could get, you could get so choked that the plant dies. Yeah. Or you could just be not fruitful for a long time. By not fruitful, I mean God's word isn't producing things in your life. You're, you're, not, you're, you're not growing. You're not changing. You're not transforming. You're not seeing more fruits of the spirit in your life. You're not you're not seeing God's spirit work through your relationships. You're, you're barely, you're kind of here. You're hanging on, you know, you're, you're here today. Amen. But, but you don't want to stay there, right? If that's, your, if that's a, the case that you're in, you want to get rid of those weeds and get back to the kingdom, that foundation of, of this eternal kingdom and Jesus' teachings on the kingdom and what really matters. And like, like he says in, in Matthew 6, that's a perfect antidote, right? Don't be worried about all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and those things will be given to you. God's got that. Look at the birds of the air. Look at the flowers. You know, that God takes care of them. So if, if you're choked right now, spend some time in the parable, uh, I mean, in the, uh, uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount again. And, and get back to kingdom values and kingdom ethic and kingdom priorities. And, and don't let yourself get choked. Because we all want to see God work. We all want to see God move through us. Uh, we want to be that good soil. Um, I was at youth camp, I was at teen camp and then youth camp, and I had this moment at, at, at youth camp that was just kind of transcendent. It was just kind of mind-blowing. And it was just this idea of how God's word can work through us and then spread, to, you know, beyond us. So, so that's what I think he means by this, it's multiplied. Like God's word, it, it, it takes root and then there's more seed, there's more of God's word. And uh, it was just, and it's not in a, in, a, in a prideful way. And I don't share this to go, hey, look at me, because this is actually from a long time ago. It's nothing I'm doing now. But it made me convicted. Like, I just want, I want to see God work like that, continue to work like that. So it was two, two stories. So one was, um, this brother was there at youth camp in the infirmary, and his name was, is, is Michael Agabau. He leads the, the worship for uh, the East Region, or formerly East Region. It's called Lighthouse now. Uh, so, uh, but, but he's, a, he's a great brother, but, but he became a Christian uh, through this outreach we were doing in a, in a coffee shop, just playing, like, kind of like, I would bring my guitar and my uh, keyboards, and we would just kind of do like an open mic, and, and he was a good musician, and, you know, he started coming around, but he didn't believe in God, or he didn't think he believed in God, and he was, but we studied the Bible, and he became a Christian, and then he struggled. He left the church for a while, he was back, and so he had this long talk with Brian Plymel there, and then Brian Plymel shared in this meeting about how this talk that they had, and Michael talked about how I had stayed in there with them and had a relationship with them, and it was beyond just 
church attendance, but it was a friendship. And then, and then he came back around. And then, and then Michael studied the Bible with all these other people, and all these other people have gotten baptized. And his, you know, his family's a Christian. And he's, he's, he's trying to build the church, you know, leading the worship ministry and all this stuff. So Brian was like going on and on about me not giving up on Michael. But it, it was just so humbling to me. Like I had no, I mean, I had no idea what God was doing, but God was doing something big, you know. And it just so, so, so then I'm kind of all like a little emotional, like, oh my gosh. So then this other guy who's a, in, in, starts sharing, and uh, his name's Lucas Perez. So Lucas um, was in charge of, I can't remember what he was in charge of at youth camp. He's always at youth camp. He, does, he leads the worship. He was the guy up there you'll see in a minute that has his long hair. It's uh, going back and forth leading the worship. But, but anyway, so Lucas wasn't even born yet when we studied the Bible with his parents, uh, Luke and Joanne Perez, or Norbert as we knew him back then. Some of you guys might know Norbert from way back when. And again, this was just a relationship. We were talking about keyboards. We were over at, we were actually at happy hour on the, on the pier. And, uh, you know, Norbert and Joanne were there. And we just start, he's a musician. We, we hit it off. We start talking about uh, keyboards and stuff. And then we invited him to over for dinner. And then they studied the Bible and they became Christians. But then Norbert's been one of the most fruitful people ever. And in fact, he called me recently and said, so he was uh, moved up to Sacramento for a while, and he, he baptized somebody he worked with, and she just baptized the third person from their work. And just all these people, I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens of people have come, become Christians through the Perez family. They're, they're Guamanian, Chamorro, and they just, they're this family, and they just love people, and they just, just fruitful like crazy, you know. But, uh, but, but, but anyway, so at this, Lucas is now a grown man. He just got married. And so he starts sharing at this, in this meeting. So right after Brian Plamel is sharing about Mike Agabau, then Lucas starts sharing about his own, his, me studying the Bible with his parents and all this, his parents were going through way back when and how he, you know, he wouldn't even be here because they were going to get a divorce and all this stuff. And, just, and he's crying and he's just going on and on about everything in my life is just because of that time. And, and, and again, I don't share that to go like, oh, look at me. Like, I was just like, wow, that, that, that is amazing how, what God did right there. Like, that is beyond me. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't always do what I'm supposed to do. In fact, I often don't do what I'm supposed to do. But you do what you're supposed to do just a little bit, and then God just does something, and you're like, wow, that's amazing. I just want to do more of that. So that's how I felt. I'm like, I just want to study with more people. You know? I just want to, I want to have more kingdom interactions, because you never know where, like, 20 years later... This kind of, it's amazing, just because of that one little thing that God did. And that's what the kingdom is like. It's like yeast, right? That, that you work into the dough, and then it becomes this big thing. Or it's like a, a little mustard seed that you plant, and it becomes this big thing. That's, that's what all these stories are about. And we don't have time to look into all the stories, but, but that's kind of the continuing theme of kingdom is, it's these little things. And so that's why Jesus says to John, look at what's happening. Tell John what's happening. These, these lives are being changed. Yeah, it's not the big, huge way that you wanted, maybe, John, but God is working. God's kingdom is working. And, uh, and so, so be encouraged. I bet John had a different set of, of facts that he could point to. Well, this isn't happening yet. That's not happening yet. I'm not sure if this is really the Messiah. But Jesus is pointing to the kingdom facts. And so we can all align ourselves to you know, we, we can choose what we focus on. We can choose what, what we listen to. We can choose what we look at. Are we looking at how God's moving? Are we looking at all this worldly stuff? The world, you know, the, the, the empire of the world, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth. What are we focusing our eyes on? So just a few uh, practical things to, to close with. Number one, uh, make time to listen. 
to God's word. Seems like obvious, right? But, but a lot of us don't. Make time to be still. Make time to listen to God's voice in your quiet times. The first thing the evil one tries to steal is our time with God. The first thing the evil one tries to steal is our time with God. That's how you end up choked. And, and dwell in it. Go back to it. Psalm 1 talks about being like a tree that's just planted by the stream of water is like the man of God who meditates night and day on the word of God, on Torah. Like Just soak it in. And just dwell in God's word. Number two, let God speak through others. That's often how God speaks to us. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, many of us say, show me your people, God. And then God sends somebody. And that's the, the, the stories of, of the New Testament are, are God sending others. So who, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to God through right now? Do you have those kind of kingdom relationships? Where you're like, uh, I'm getting advice or, or looking to others. Like, Obviously, you start with your own walk with God, but you've got to be open to others. Are, are you inviting others into your life? Do other people know what's going on in your spiritual walk, in your marriage, in your, on your job? You know, invite others in. That's the way God works. 2 Timothy 2, 2, Paul says, The things you heard me say, uh, Paul say to Timothy, entrust to reliable people who will be able to teach others. So there's this passing on of the word. That's how the word gets spread uh, in the kingdom is through relationships it's through interaction it's through devotion to each other as well as to the word of god uh, acts 2 42 through 47 as we're talking in our renewal talks being devoted to not just the word ourselves but the fellowship the breaking of bread prayer meeting together in each other's homes you know all of that comes because we're devoted to the word and then we're devoted to each other and then god's word spreads last thing is act on god's word act on god's word this jewish concept of listening or understanding it means to obey you know, there, there, there's the, the Shema, it's called this hero God, hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. It's called the Shema. It's, it, before, that you go, I, I want to hear, I want to listen. It means to obey, it means to follow. It means, okay, I'm going to do what he's saying. Just, just like, you know, I talked about at the beginning with, with my brother-in-law and my sister, you know, sister-in-law. Just, I, I don't want to be that kind of Christian where I'm not listening, I'm not obeying God's word. I'm just, oh yeah, I heard it. I listened, I had my quiet time. No, it's, it's shaping who I am. Uh, James 1.23 says, if you don't do the word, it's like you looked in a mirror, and you walk away, and you immediately forget what you look like if you don't obey and put it into practice. Act on God's word. So uh, we're going to have a time of communion right now and, and a special song that Paulette's going to sing for us. I love hearing Paulette sing. But it's called Quiet. And I, and I want you just to listen to the words of the song. You know, spend a little bit of time meditating. We'll have a little bit of quiet on our own. But communion is a time to commune with God, commune with each other, and just kind of pause and just be quiet and just listen. And I hope you have that kind of time every day. And the song talks about all these worries and all these troubles and all this stuff that's stressing us out. So what, what do I need to do? I got to just be quiet. I just got to get still, get rid of that stuff that's choking me, the worries of this life that are choking me, and just dwell in God's word. And so uh, after we pray together, we'll have a little bit of quiet and then we'll we'll have that song and i hope it ministers to you for our time of communion let's pray god thank you for jesus and his body and blood given for us uh, thank you for his teaching and uh, his kingdom and that we could be a part of it and what you are doing in the world it's just amazing uh, just that you choose imperfect people like us uh, but give us an eternal purpose and you make us fishers of men and, uh, you know, you, 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 you use us in great ways that we, we don't deserve, God, but it, it's beyond us. It's just, it's just you. It's your word. It's your glory. It's your kingdom. And 
Help us, God. Forgive us for uh, sometimes looking to human institutions or thoughts or, uh, you know, ideas uh, more than we look to your word. Uh, God, forgive us for allowing all these things to stress us out and not going to you with those things and putting them before your altar and asking for your blessing and, and asking you to guide us. I pray, God, in Jesus' name, for your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in this church and in our lives. And bless our time of, of reflection on, on Jesus' sacrifice for us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us. 